in the community, I think what's most important for me is just establish a platform for other people to have impact. I just hope that the impact that I have is positive. Um, and basically we took our old church, kind of gutted it out and uh, put, put courts, put sport flooring upstairs, put turf downstairs, put basketball courts, volleyball nets, wrestling mats. And we, you know, I want to be a source of just a, a place where kids can come get quality programming with people that care about them. When I think about what you said about the young people in the gym, you know, that, that you're coming across and impacted through the work, it reminds me of what you said about you as a young person. Like a lot of those young people probably don't have dads in their lives. And I imagine that they're looking to you. They're looking to the coaches that you you know, have a part of your program and they're probably taking little bits and pieces like, yo, I like that about him. I like that about her. I like that about them, you know? And it's like, it's, 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 it's duplicating that all over again, you know, exponentially because you're, you're able to bring, you know, who you are into these spaces around hundreds of kids and impact them, not just your own family. The Grow Dialogue podcast is a liberation project that explores equity, inclusion, belonging, conflict resolution, and culture in the workplace and beyond, including in our personal relationships, families, and communities. Each week, my co-host, Mariella Marie, and I will bring you insightful guest interviews and artistic expressions curated to amplify emerging voices who are sharing practices that support society's transition to a more collaborative, just, sustainable, and liberating coexistence. We live during a time when divisiveness and polarization dominate the social, economic, and political discourse. In response to this reality, and empowered with the skills of authentic dialogue and systems thinking, I created an anti-oppression framework for social sustainability called Theory of Indivisibility to help illuminate a different path forward. Our hope is that these conversations and calls to action will ignite tolerance and empathy and provide guidance for our global listeners who want to actively engage in ending all forms of oppression while creating thriving relationships in the workplace and beyond. I'm Dr. Sunjata Sunjata. Let's grow dialogue. All right, my brother, my brother, Curtis Ra'id DeVoe. And I know I know, I mess up the Ra'id. Ra'id. There you go, that's the more Arabic uh, appropriate pronunciation. Um, I appreciate you being here, brother. How you feeling today? Uh, I'm good, man. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure when you get to chop it up, you know? Indeed, indeed. I'm really excited for the Grow Dialogue audience to, you know, meet you and, and hear more about your story. As one of my, like, long-term friends, you know, kind of, we've watched each other grow up. We've watched each other evolve to become the people that we are today. And, um, you know, I'm real, you know, real proud of the person you've become, you know, and, you know, really, really proud to share, you know, um, in addition to sharing your story with the Grow Dialogue, you know, uh, audience, just, I'm, I'm always honored and privileged just to share your journey and talk to you on the phone and hear the wonderful things that you're doing as a family man and, you know, as a community man, et cetera. Um, so just in that, personal relationship side, you know, and the admiration and appreciation I have for you is, is just really dope that I get to share that through this platform. So again, thanks for being here. Man, thank you, man. Um, I definitely appreciate those words. Uh, 
Um, same, man, you know, just watching you grow, man, and, and just being a part of the journey. Um, and, you know, it's just, I mean, we still plugging along ever since, yeah. what, ninth, ninth grade, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I, you know, and I always have been very appreciative the way, you know, um, your family opened the doors uh, to me, you know what I mean? And all of that, uh, all of those experiencing those things, man, kind of bring me to where I'm at today, man. So you definitely, you definitely part of it, man. The, the, the Speed family, definitely part of it, man. I've always been appreciative. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm sure somewhere to that, some context around what you just mentioned is gonna come up. And it's cool that you were, you were kind of, you know, land there around being appreciative for how my family uh, embraced you when we became friends as ninth graders, as you, as you said. And, um, you know, today's, theme you know the, the the theme that you're participating in as a guest is our is our family culture theme so it's, it's real cool that you kind of landed there and we'll get more into that but uh before we jump more into like the family culture and your background and things like that around family i want to you know just first start with you as an individual you know i want you to just tell people man who are you and and how do you define yourself i would say that uh as an individual man um i have a a deep level of care and concern for, um, I'll say my people, but I'll explain it a little bit more as, you know, people that share a similar background that I have, you know, um, African-American, inner city, um, under-resourced. Um, and I think all those things like, like really shape, you know, me and my ideals and where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm also a product of, of of my family. Yeah, like we talk all the time. Like you don't, like you don't get to, you know, you don't get to choose who your family is or who they are. And um, just just being uh, like a product of what was poured into me. So I believe, like me understanding who I am, really revolves around understanding the conditions that produce. Um, my, you know, myself and individuals going back to like, you know, really understanding, not heavily looking on, you know, like slavery, but really understanding like the great migration and how that impact, how that just was a significant change in, um, in who we are and how we got here and where we're at. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a product of, of, of the people that came before me. And I, um, I try to, you know, really realize that and, um, and just, you know, be dutiful to uh, to the to the survival, right? Um, how we survive. I don't think we give enough credit to just being able to survive. You know, anybody that has a business know what it means to be able to keep the doors open right. and how hard that is. And um, so, you know, when I think about me and who I am and what makes me up and the things that I reflect on, you know, definitely. Uh, just understanding and trying to um, honor those that came before me and to move it forward, so. Okay, and and really quick, when you talk about the great migration, you're speaking about, you know, um, people of African descent who are descended of enslaved Africans who migrated from the South to the North, um, like, you know, after the abolition of slavery, is that is that accurate? Right, right, right. So, you know, um, they, we migrated from, from the south to the to to the north to the midwest and to like out like out west. Okay. And um, yeah, so really, you know, just you know, I, I've drew I've driven those roads, 
and it's like man like just the courage it's, it's not something that we focus on a lot but when you really get into it i think um i think it's a source of you know just pride and value that that we not really picking up on mm. that's that's interesting man because you know a lot of times when i when i ask this question you know a lot of people will talk about you know how they define themselves in terms of like maybe labels um you know how other people in the world perceive them um the things they're passionate about doing but what's unique about your approach to defining yourself is that you're saying that you can't define yourself without looking back about all the obstacles that those who came before you overcame so that you can even be here and have the opportunities to to be you know who you are so you kind of in defining yourself is like i'm looking you look back i mean yeah i mean you can't be you without what came before you you know what i mean like you know without getting like super but um you know and as unique as we believe that we are we still are the 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 total of all of these different parts that were put together my son he he uh he likes lemon water ice and if you ask him i just like it right. he's like no dude i've been giving you lemon water ice because i knew if you spilled it <laughs> it wouldn't mess up your clothes right so this this notion that you just develop out of this own your own sense of self to me is like a little it's it's funny you know so, yeah yeah no that's that's dope man I, I, you know i appreciate that awareness you know that you carry you know with knowing that you know we as they say we stand on the shoulder of giants you know we stand on the shoulders of a lot of people who've overcome a lot you know and and you know you've definitely always been someone who's kept that in the forefront you know so much respect for that okay so let's let's go to another level then so within the context of your family's culture who are you i mean a father leader provider um consoler teacher um you know example um you know in the, in the in the context of my family um great cook <laughs> uh you know uh yeah man i just you know try to be there and support my family and guy in, in the best way i know how um so i think you know all of those you know you wear all of those different hats um, and you know, it's, you, you get, you get some of the stuff right and you get some of the stuff wrong. Um, but I think if you, you know, out of the love that you have for your family, you know, if, if you had a best interest, I mean, you you know, it's, it's no guarantees. You just do your best. Right. Right. And, um, I think that's the, that's the charge of, of a parent is to just do the best you can with what you have. And for everybody that looks different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people have different resources, different, you know, mental capacities, different, you know, exposure, like all of those things kind of go into what you mean to your family and what you try to provide. Indeed, indeed. So how would you define family culture? How I would define it? I mean, it's just a set of values that, you know, you 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 abide by and you think it gives, you know, your family or kids the the best chance, you know, to kind of make it, to be okay, um, to be healthy emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, it's a saying that, 
you can tell what someone loves by what they pass into their kids. And you know, whether it's, you know, a food or a sport or a religion or, you know, when people when people love something, you know, or they value something extremely, they pass it on to their children, whether it's education. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think, you know, all of those things encompass, you know, the culture that you try to set within your family. Um, it's like the driving engine, it's the ethos of, you know, um, the basis of how you make the decisions and, and all of that, man, so. Okay. So what would you say, what would you say are the values that you passionate about that you're passing on to your, your children? Man, so I, I mean, I would say like, you know, obvious, well, not obviously, because people don't know me, but um, definitely, definitely my, my religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, Which are? So I'm Muslim. You know, saying that encompasses a lot though, right? Because within the religious beliefs um, are different um, values and different people focus on different values within a, within any, you know, religion or ideology or, you know, so, um, but that, you know, that's like, that's my starting point for lack of a better way to phrase it. What does the religion say about a particular standpoint um, on a myriad of issues? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely um, gratitude, you know, I definitely focus on character. I would say empathy. You know, those are a few that kind of kind of come to mind. Okay. Um, so we actually got a family motto, right? <laughs> and and it, and it's and it's excellence in everything. You know, and in that motto, I was like, all right, I got to go back and explain this, right? Excellence in the sense of, you know, just doing the best you can with what you have. You know, I don't. I try my best not to like do a comparative thing. So it's just, you know, just doing the best you can. Um, and, you know, understanding that that pursuit uh, is gonna bring you through a process um, where you, where that's where all the gains are at in that pursuit, in that process. Okay, love it. This, this joint kind of deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like we get into it, man. I'm like, man, we're gonna be laughing, joking, all this. Like, <laughs> nah, shoot. man, we get into it, man, because you got some good nuggets, man. So. You know, one of the things I've, I've always admired about you, like what you just said, like we have a family model, like ever since I've seen you be a dad, like you have, you've always had a vision for your family. It's never been accidental. It's been very, you've been very intentional about having family values, about having a family model, about exposing your children to certain things, about talking about the hard things. And, you know, like I've known you to be very intentional about those things. and. What's, what makes me really admire that is knowing your background, because when I met you, you know, again, freshman in high school, we met, you live with your mom and your sisters. There was no male figure in the household. And since I've known you, you haven't had a relationship with your father. So to see you play the role of dad in the way that you have has been just magnificent for me. So what I wanna know next is like, what role would you say your family culture growing up played a part in you becoming who you are today. So I'm gonna I'm I'm be honest. First and foremost, I'm gonna say I've been blessed with a certain type of intellect mm-hmm. where I would look at, situ- I, re- I specifically remember looking at situations growing up 
and being like, man, it's, it's some stuff that I don't like. And when I get an opportunity, I'm gonna fix it. Like, I specifically remember that. Like, growing up, like, some of this dysfunction, like, looking around, I was like, man, like, I, I don't like that. And I, I kind of carried that my whole, my whole life. Um, so I didn't grow up with a father, which for me, and I'm not gonna say I don't, I, I don't have issues because of that, because I'm sure I do. Right. But it's a lot of baggage that I didn't have to have. You know what I mean? Like I was able to create this idealistic view mm. of what a dad or what a father is supposed to be. Uh. And and be, uh, like, like, why can't I? Why can't we have a family, family motto? We got a family motto. We got a family flag. We got family colors. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, why? Like, why not? Right. You know, um, why can't I create these intentional relationships with my daughters? If I looked up to somebody and I was like, man, I really like this about them, but I see that they have this problem. All right, I'm gonna take this part, but I'm gonna work on try to come up with a solution for the other part. Right. So. Even with my like with my daughters, right? I need to be able to have those hard conversations. Why not? Like, why not? With my son, like, yo, like, it's the kind of relationship that I want to have. I've seen four other men that I know, and they all heartbroken over certain issues. Right. Maybe I should be thinking about doing something different or relating in a particular way or communicating in a particular way um, to get a desired outcome. So as I was growing up. And I don't want to take anything away from my my mother's brother, my uncle, because you know he was he was he was present around, especially when I was like a lot younger. Okay. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from him. You know what I mean? Because whatever I realize or, or don't, it had an impact on me. Right. Um, whether it was things that I liked or things I just dislike, and I just always felt like you can pick the person you want to be. Okay. So like I look at some of my my children and absolutely there are things that they inherently do that's that they get from me. Right. And um some of it they may want to get away from and need different kind of help <laughs> too, you know, and some of it they may embrace. It's like one of the things I worry about with my son, like, man, like am I in this guy's way? Like I didn't have anybody in my way. Like I really genuinely worry, like, man, like Am I in his way? Mm-hmm. Because you know that's that's the thing when you got a, a father, you know, like man, like what is what kind of pressure it is to have to live up to your dad who you idolize or who you you know what I mean? Like like I I don't know that I don't know that. Right. Right. So um so as unfortunate as it is, like I'm free from some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So so. I don't have the same hangups when I want to make up what my family do or what we, you know what I mean? Like the little sayings or what I want to yeah. expose them to. Like, it's funny. Cause one time you asked me, I was like, you was like, where you get this from? I was like, Bill Cosby. That's where I get it from. <laughs> like, right. like, wait, Heathcliff Huxtable. Let me differentiate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heathcliff, Heathcliff. You asked me one time, I was like, man, Heathcliff Huxtable, bro. That's where right. I get it from. Right. So, um. I mean, but but like keeping it a bean, like who when we watch those kind of things, like who didn't want, you know, when Rudy come down the steps and they sing right. in, like you had those kind of joy type moments, like who don't want that? Yeah, I get it. You take you took from various father figure images 
all around you and you were able to craft this this vision for who you wanted to be as a father. And, and, and there's a lot of people that in my life too, like not just TV, but like people like, right. like, like your dad is one of them, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, um, a whole bunch of other, you know, like list of, list of fathers that I, that I've been fortunate enough to like, you know, where they let me in in a particular way yep. where I got to see, you know, up close and personal. Sometimes it was things like, you know what, man, Re really, really a lot of it is, is out of empathy, right? Because especially now I have kids. So it's like, man, like, like that heartbreak break from your kids. Oh man, that joint's real. Man, that joint's real. Don't I know so, it? So it's like, man, I, I, you my man, or you a close friend, and I look up to you, and and you confide in me about some heartbreak. It's like, oh man, like that's something that I should be thinking about. That's going, that's looking at in the future, man. So, no doubt, I, I can dig it, man. You know, I I could definitely dig it. You know how you kind of formed this vision, and you know, even though it's it's interesting, you know, perspective is everything, you know, and and I appreciate you honoring the fact that you you were you know fortunate to have a certain type of intellect and understanding everyone doesn't have that certain type of intellect so they're not able to necessarily it's privilege man i have i have a privilege that i didn't i didn't i didn't was like you know what when i'm in the womb like yo i'm gonna be i'm gonna, be, I'm gonna understand things in a particular way right right you know and i, and I give credit like to my mom because like at a young age we had some tough conversations and right. she's like you know, kept it real about some stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it so, also goes back to what you were saying before in terms of like the people that came before us, because obviously for you to have that intellect, you know, it got passed down. There was something in your, you know, your your gene pool, your DNA, where you your 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 your, your ancestors who preceded you had a certain level of inter intellect to be problem solvers and strategic thinkers um, in the in in the ways that you've shown up in the world. Um, yeah. So I think it's a saying and it's like, uh, those who understand are responsible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's things that you see that you don't feel like other people see, you the responsible one because you see it. Right. When people talk about things like privilege, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I was, like you're not just born with an intellect and just stay there. Like you, you yeah. definitely gotta like work at understanding things, having a process to, to break down problems and figure out how to come up with solutions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I do put in work, like trying to understand situations and, and people, you know, trying to be better. But I would say generally, you know, like it's a certain level of awareness that I was blessed to have that, like, I, I, like I'm telling you specific things I remember. I remember getting on a bus one day and um, it was it was cold, you know, because this is when we used to get my kids. They get rides back and forth. <laughs> right. This, right. this is when we was on the bus. I was like in middle school, like on the bus, in sixth grade. Public no cell phone, no cell phone, no 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 communication. You leave and you gone, right? Right. Right. And um, and I remember being like, man, it was a dude on the bus, and he was he was like older. And I was like, man, like. You know, not not, and, and I'm very careful to be empathetic, right? So I'm not looking down on this person. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, "Yo, like, man, like, no, like that ain't gonna be me." Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it's a cold morning. Like you, you a kid, you miserable. Like you got, yeah. you don't feel like getting up, man. Like you gotta go to school, and it's mm -hmm. like, man, like 
I'm like, no, like this ain't this ain't gonna be me, you know. Right. So, um, and you know, like just like having those kind of thoughts. Uh, I remember those kind of thoughts at a young age, and you know, at you know, in sixth grade, like I wasn't, you know, working on higher learning that that you know, so. Yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed, I definitely remember those cold days growing up in Philly, as we both did, because I know I didn't ask you that at the beginning, but hopping on that scepter, you know, to get to and from, man, just knowing one day it's not, yeah, one day I'm not going to be on this bus. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, let, let's, you, you mentioned your daughters, you know, and I wanted to talk about one of the themes that I wanted to talk about with you was like you being a girl dad, because you have four daughters, all yeah. right? So four daughters, one son. So, you know, girl dad, right? So like, what, is, what, is, what does that mean to you being a girl dad? Because that's like, I, and let me just say this, because, you know, for our listeners, I'm sure a lot of you have heard or seen the hashtag girl dad that's going around. And it's like this this wave of, of just men just kind of stepping up and embracing, you know, being a father to daughters and uh, in a wonderful way. So, yeah. What, what does that mean to you? So so I, I actually got called out on this because I am technically not a girl dad because I got a son. So, oh, so you gotta only have girls to be a girl dad. Only, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got uh, called out. Somebody was like, "Don't you have a boy?" I'm like, "I do." Um. So yeah, man. So you know, so man, I love my daughters, man. I really do. And um, I think you know. So so we talked about my upbringing. Like, how could I not like love the women in my life, right? Um. You know, grew up with. I mean, my. You know, so so to give you a little background, so my mom actually had me when she was 15. So my mom had me when she was 15, and my grandmother kind of like raised both of us. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I grew up with a mom and a, and a grandmom that you know was like kind of like first generation out of the South. So a lot of that you know, just tradition, you know, a lot of, a lot of that, man, like impacts me a lot to this day. A lot of the community, a lot of the values, a lot of the, uh, this is, this is like, uh, controversial now, but like a lot of the respectability stuff, you know what I mean? Came from, from my, from my upbringing and my grandma, who, uh, who I think the world of and my mom, you know, just, so it's like, and, and just seeing what they go through, right? Seeing, you know, which, what they go through and just just wanting them to be okay, kind of carried over in my life. And, um, you know, from my wife to my daughters, it just was really important that um, I have a, I have a relationship where, you know, I have a, I have a relationship where um, I'm always, I, I, I'm not on the outside. So trying to be understanding of what they go through, trying to um, like connect in ways um, with them, try to have those tough conversations, try to normalize things that really aren't normalized when it comes to our daughters. Um, so, like so what, yeah. like go a little deeper. When you say try to normalize things, what do you mean by that? I mean, so you know, um, you know, even even when even when it comes to like, um, you know, like just like the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to like, listen, you know, nobody wants you to win more than I do. Right. So, you know, it's, it's funny, right? Because you can uh, advise guy, talk to your children about 
everything in their life. But for some reason, um, relationships and things involving kind of like the opposite sex or, or you know is is taboo and it just it just don't make sense to me like it's like in terms so of I'm relationships like, like romantic relationships yeah yeah like romantic relationships um you know it's it just it's just like that aspect of things just really didn't make sense to me and it's like why like nobody know you better than i do nobody wants you to win better than i do like you know nobody wants you to succeed or, or have good so um, you know, having those conversations like early, talking about those things. Uh, I mean, being being a human to my kids, right? Okay. Um, not just being this this parent figure um, that like never did anything wrong or never, you know what I mean? So, okay. um, you know, we talk about wins, we talk about losses as well. Um, but also, uh having an expectation of my daughters um you know like i mean so having a daughters and sons you just see um investing in them in a way where uh where i can you know investing in a way and being proud of them and their accomplishments um you don't always see that kind of investment in girls um okay. and i think um you know pushing them, you know, to get, you know, to be uncomfortable the way we push our sons to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we it's lessons that we want them to get. And I think, you know, I think those lessons go for girls the same way they do go for boys. Okay. Um, um, so in my family, we use, uh, you know, one of the platforms that we use is youth sports. Right. So, um, I, so one year my daughters cheered Oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And and no, 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 no shade or disrespect or whatever on on girls that cheer because it is a, is a real thing. Right. I just felt like I wanted. I didn't want. I wanted my daughters competing. You know, getting that uh, kind of you know, getting that team and one on one competition. Um, okay. Because because I know what I feel is the benefit from that. Um, okay. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, you know, spending time with them, spending quality time with my daughters, uh, taking an interest in the things that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, it's sports or slime or, right. you know, like what, whatever it is, um, making sure that, um, you know, that like they feel loved, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so you know, go ahead. It's a very hands-on approach, you know, that I've seen you take on with your daughters where, you know, growing up, there was this theme, you know, that I saw in a lot of instances where it was like the girls are for the mom, you know, to, to have a close relationship with and the boys are for the dad to have a close relationship with, um, you know, but I've definitely seen you invest in, in having that close relationship, you know, with your daughters. Uh, where you want them to be able to talk to you about anything the same way they would go to their mom to talk about anything. Um, and like you say, the humility and, and being a human and just letting them know, like, I'm here for your wins. Um, right. You want to, I want to help you win. I remember, you know, when you were talking about your oldest, um, who's now in college, you know, as, as she was coming of age as in her teenage years, I remember that that's, that's kind of the theme of what you would say that you would say to her is like, you know, I want to help you win. You know, um, you out here navigating relationships, navigating education, navigating athletics, et cetera. And it's like, 
you don't have to do it alone. Right. You know, how can I help you win? You know, even if it means we got to have some hard conversations, yeah. you know, I'm not here to stop you. I'm here to help you make that decision in the safest way possible, the most efficient way possible, because I've been through it. Um, you know, so those are some of the things that I remember just like taking notes from you. And yeah. listen, give me a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, but it's so crazy because for some reason, that's not the cultural norms, right? Mm hmm. And, you know, you st I just, you know, so it's like, you know, trying to challenge that to have healthy relationships, you know, for some reason, the cultural norms became different. And, um, you know, I just, as, as you look at how that plays out in life, it's like, man, like, just give me a chance. Give me a chance to help you win. Like, use me. I'll tell my daughter, like, use me. Like, I'm here for that. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, you know, it's like I would rather, you know, talk about a situation and possibilities than have conversations about consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Being proactive, being intentional. I, that's basically is like your theme, you know, and I and like you said, that's not typically the cultural norm. And that's why, you know, I wanted to have you on for this theme of family culture on our podcast, because, you know, we're all about, you know, amplifying the voices, you know, of people who are doing things in the world that um, are expanding, you know, what our cultural norms can be, um, all in the effort of, you know, all in the effort of, you know, making, improving outcomes, you know, right. for, for, for people. And in this context, improving outcomes for the people in our families and our communities. Right. Um, so, so another thing that you mentioned, um, you know, you, you brought in sports and you've been a sports dad and you talked about, you know, because of the, the benefits of, of, of competing in sports that you've, um, you know, encouraged your children to participate and really invested in them, you know, competing in sports. But I've known you to also take that another level and also, um, you know, do do that for the community at large, you know, not just your kids and just kind of sit on the sidelines, but you've actually said, OK, I'm a coach you, you know, right. if you're playing soccer, you're playing basketball or baseball, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be the coach and then I'm going to try to influence and inspire other children as well. Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, man, like, you know, it's funny, man, like, I, like, like I'm blessed, bro. And one of the things that <laughs> I tell my kids is that I don't really have a lot in common with your upbringing. Mm. You know, um, I, I don't. Like, you know, my, my son's 16, got a car. My uh, my oldest daughter, she turned 17, she got a car. Like, you know, like they go to, you know, I, I like, you know. You I, can say it, you can say it. They go to private school. We go, go to private school. school. <laughs> they got juice in the refrigerator. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they, ain't, they ain't washing out their socks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like, the, so, um, so my thing is that I, my kids have me, they're going to be okay. And what I want to make sure is that, um, I'm committed to the kids that don't have me that still need help. And, um, it's for me, it, it's for me though. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's important for me. Um, you know, I think I've been coming to grips with the fact that I, I have like a, like a bit of survivor's remorse. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, you know, we from you know we from Mill Creek, right? West Philly, high rise, a lot of trauma. 
Um, high rise projects. High rise projects. A lot of a lot of trauma. Yeah. Um, I've had people say like, you know, I, you know, we had me and you had this conversation about being the exception. Yeah. And it don't seem like it though because you know people that you know kind of group together by a lot of commonalities. But when you know when I go through my elementary school yearbook, when I go through my middle school yearbook, when I go through you know I've been to a couple of high schools, when I go through those yearbooks, mm-hmm. it's like man, like you know a lot of people don't make it out. A lot of people still stuck in a particular position, right. and. Um, so, so I got a, I got a bit of survival's remorse, man. And I want to make sure that I'm giving back. I'm making, I want to make sure that, um, it's a way that I show gratitude, um, for where, where I'm at, because right. where I started, you know, and, and where I'm at now is, I, I couldn't imagine this. Man. And I'm not, and I'm not even like no, you know, I ain't no billionaire or nothing like that, man. But right, right. Plus, man, I got I have a beautiful family, man. I could provide for them. Right. You know, I have beautiful kids. And um, you know, I have friends like you. And it's like, you know, so so I want to make sure that I'm impacting um other kids and giving them things that I don't have. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that, um, you know, and you know, it, I, I'm a sports guy, but I often try to tell people like it don't it don't it could be robots, it could be it could be a video games, it could be whatever, you know. But really, um, connecting with kids, meeting them where they're at, and helping them, you know, you know, learn all of the benefits, just have all of the benefits of youth sports. I remember I was um I remember it was two different times in my life at growing up in West Philly, it was like, it was this big talk because we was going to have a baseball team. And, you know what I mean? We was going around and we had like one glove. And I'm telling you, like, this is like, you know, it's funny. I watch movies and people be like, oh, that's so stereotypical. I'd be like, no, this stuff is real. Like, it's real. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but it was just talk, right? Wasn't no dads around. Wasn't nobody, you know, um, a lot of people just didn't, ha- wasn't really exposed to where, to even where I know for a fact, my mom wasn't even exposed to where to get opportunities from. Right. You know what I mean? And so, so it was a lot of talk. It was about this baseball team. And I remember, uh, it was a field down mantra. We used to try to, we, we used to walk down there mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? And then I remember another time it was, uh, it was talk about this football team. Right. And, and, but it just never manifested. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have the infrastructure. Right. So, um, so as my kids are growing up, playing sports, going to these beautiful high-priced facilities and beautiful, well-manicured fields and turf, and yeah. and it's like, man, like our kids deserve that. Right. Our kids deserve to have that kind of experience. And that's, you know, and that's one of the things that, um, that kind of motivates me is like, man, our kids deserve that. And yeah. um, I would say spending, you know, um, the other thing is that, uh, when I got with the Anderson Monarchs and Steve Bandor, I saw a level of selflessness that, so Steve is a white dude mm-hmm. and he is like, you know, just running this, you know, it, uh running programming in, in in South Philly. He's not like on that white savior thing. Like he just really unassuming, he do his thing. 
but right. I saw a level of sacrifice and selflessness that made me question my my own. Hmm, okay. And, and I questioned he that. Working, he was working with majority inner city African-American youth. Working with black kids in the city. Um, okay. And it was, you know, at the time, so it's crazy because South Philly is totally gentrified and different right now, but mm -hmm. um, 10 years ago, it, was, it, was, it wasn't. And right. And I, oh man, and I really was like, yo, this dude can be this committed to kids that don't even look like him. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, what am I doing? You know, and, right. and it just kind of, you know, so. Let me, let me tee it up. Let me tee it go up. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tee it up for the listeners. So I know that, you know, you got with Steve, right? You became, you, 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 your son um, became, uh, got on the program, became a member of the program. You said what program? The Anderson Monarchs. The Anderson Monarchs. And you were a coach. And I know that expanded to you coaching several sports from baseball to soccer to basketball through that organization. And then basically, you know, through your work with that organization over the years, you, you got the inkling like, you know, I want to I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. And I now know you to be the founder, owner of City Athletics Philly. Yes, and sir. I want you to, you know, tell tell the listeners you know more about that your vision for that and i literally watched you you know come up with this vision and you know basically have this idea of taking this old church and converting it into a gym and then connecting with soccer fields in the area and just basically starting this this amazing youth program where you're doing wrestling and soccer and basketball and etc dance and volleyball like and you are like facilitating all of this in the heart of North Philly um, and just from, just literally from your heart. Yeah, yeah, no, man, no, it's, it's crazy if, you know, it's like, I couldn't have wrote the story, you know? Um, and, uh, and, you know, like, I can't, I, you know, you, you know, everybody need to know that you definitely a part of it. You definitely a believer. Soon as I broke it down to you, it's like, oh man, like you know. So, um, so I definitely appreciate that, man. Um, so, so yeah, so, so just, just being with the monarchs, um, their, their, the structure. I was, you know, I just, I just was looking for kind of like a different structure, and is, you know, me and Steve is still like a hundred percent. Matter of fact, we talk almost still almost every day. Um, it was kind of bittersweet because as I was building that, I was kind of leaving the Anderson Monarchs, who I still like represent. Um, so yeah, so you know, it kind of it kind of was like I would say that City Athletics is the extension, is like a natural extension of Anderson Monarchs. Honestly. Okay, and um, you know, I don't have a problem with saying that. Um, you know, it's funny because we went through a lot of strategic planning where we tried to think of how, what would expansion look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, inadvertently, like this became part of the expansion. We still partner together on a lot of things. Okay. And we still um, consult with each other. So, um, so yeah, so, so through that, I, you know, one day I was like, man, it would be nice if we had our own facilities. So uh, I was like, man, like, all right. So, you know, just start looking, 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 looking. Um, and it was like, you know, I, you know, I'm gonna put this out here. My, 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 I feel like what we have now, the church that we converted is a stepping stone to something bigger, right? Um, because I still think our kids deserve more. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I uh, started looking around, trying to figure out how we could utilize existing space to help serve kids. Right. Um, looked at warehouses, looked at a whole bunch of stuff, um, kind of went back, you know, I actually said no to, uh, to the, to the place we're in now, the church. And then I eventually came back to it and was like, man, like just, we can make this work. Um, and basically we took our old church, kind of gutted it out um, and uh, put put courts, put sport flooring upstairs, put turf downstairs, right. put basketball courts, volleyball nets, wrestling mats. And we, you know, I want to be a source of just a place where kids could come get quality programming with people that care about them. Right. Um, it's very, you know, it's something that I think is extremely simple, but at the same time, a high impact. Right. You create a great culture where uh, kids feel safe, parents feel safe, um, and um, hold them accountable and, you know, uh, for commitment. Um, I think that we could have a great impact on a lot of youth in the city. Uh, use use that to expose them to things outside the city, um, expose them to experiences um, through the Anderson Monarchs. Man, we you know we we getting kids you know out of out of Philly on college campuses and in in summer camps, um, access to. Uh, to people that have careers in athletics that's not playing. Right. Just, you know, really trying to build uh, mentorship around it. We want to give, uh, we want to create a platform where people that want to come impact can can coach. Okay. Uh, you know, by creating just, you know, just an environment where they could come and, um, you know, have a, you know, just come and spend time with kids um, most of the people that we get to come coach, like they they fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, it's you know a lot of times I feel like I get more out of it than the kids do. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, man. So so right now we had we have the gym, which is City Athletics, which is like ten thousand square feet of uh, multi use space that we use to help that community. We specifically wanted to be in a community in an underserved neighborhood. Right. It's a it's a youth programming desert where it's at. It's nothing around. Right. It, you know, even even though it's rec centers around, it's, it's no quality programming. So um so out of that we do uh so what what are we sports sports fitness community, right? right. So we, we try to attack in those three different areas. You know, as you know, you came up for the Juneteenth yep. on the community side, we've done COVID supply giveaways, we've done coat giveaways, we do a Juneteenth celebration. Um, we give away school uniforms. Um, and you know, my family is a big part of it, right? The kids, the kids come spend time. And um, somebody said to me a long time ago, kids may or may not do what you say, but they definitely do what you do. Mm -hmm. So I want my kids to, while they are privileged, I want them to always, um, I don't want them to look down on others. Yeah. I want them to have empathy and have a have a have a duty to give back. So I have right. to I have to display that. Um, so uh, so yeah, so it's you know it's a family endeavor. They know what I'm about. They know what we're about. And right. uh, you know, like it's funny, right? Because we had the conversation about this is a day of service for you. So when we right. do these events, 
I don't, you know, like I need you to be in the right mindset that um, we serve in the community. This is our, this is our, our debt. And uh, so just be patient with whatever you frustrated about or whatever it is. And, um, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, so, yeah. so yeah. Great example. Indeed, indeed, it's setting a great example. And, you know, this past year, like you said, I brought my children up to 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 participate in the Juneteenth Festival. And I had that same conversation with them. Like, you know, I try to get them to contribute and, and help out in a lot of ways as well. And, um, but yeah, it definitely resonates, man, when you talk about how our children grew up so much differently than us, um, you know, and the different privileges they have, et cetera, is, is, is night and day, um, you know, but we're fortunate, you know, we're fortunate to be able to create the conditions that they don't have to. Um, but I appreciate just the tie back, right? Because mm -hmm. when I think about that and I think about, I think about people that made that migration, right? Cause that was, that was a life risk. Right. Right. If, if they found out you was leaving, like they would, they would, they would lock you up. They would kill you. Like the journey to leave, you know, like, look, I'm, I still feel angst about driving on certain towns at certain nights in the South. Right. You know what I mean? Like in 2022, it's like, nah, I ain't gonna stop there. Right. So when I think about, you know, they probably were saying the same things. Like, man, my kids ain't grew up like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we grew up, you know, I grew up, you know, picking oranges or cotton, your family from Florida. So I'm sure it was some orange pickers. Right. You know what I mean? And you know, your your dad owned half a half of a neighborhood. You know what I mean? Right. So so when you, you know, so it's it's in that tradition, you know what I mean? Indeed. So Indeed. so you really wanna I really wanna I try to drive that home, my kids, man. Yeah, that's 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 a great tie-in, man. I guess a, a great way to, to 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 bring this home. And um yeah, I, I guess, you know, to close this out with the final question, like, what what would you say your vision is for, you know, the future in terms of, the, let's say the ripple effects of the work that you're doing, you know, in, in the community and also the examples that you're setting, you know, uh, through your family culture? if there could be a way to tie those two things in together in some way. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to quantify, like, you know, like when, you know, in the community, I think what's most important for me is just establish a platform for other people to have impact, right? Cause you, it's hard, it's hard, you know, like, you know, you used to teach, right? It's one of you, but it's like 30 of them, right? Right. Their, their attention is all focused on you. So you don't know that it was, it's, it's a kid right now that remembered you. Mm -hmm. That it was, you, you, you came in one day and you had a nice belt on and that impact, you don't remember that. He remembers that though. Yeah. So, so it's, it's really hard, right? Because I, I try my best to, um, you know, like, like we impacting kids, man. Like we, you know, over this past, what it's only, it seemed like it'd been longer, but only this past with just with city athletics, Mm -hmm. I mean, hundreds year of kids, and year and a half, hundreds of kids, if not more. Yeah. So it's like, you you know, it's hard to quantify that, man. I just hope that the impact that I have is positive. 
Cause I'm sure it's one day a kid asked me something and I said something they ain't like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just, just, just being real. So I, right. I hope that I gave a kid a positive experience that triggers something. Um, with my, with my family, you know, I, I will hope that the values that, you know, I've been trying to instill carries with them. Right. Um, I think we had some, me and you one time had a talk about culture and how like culture is like almost like a living thing. Mm -hmm. All living things want to pass on their DNA. Mm -hmm. Culture is one of those things, you know, one of family culture, right? Right. So, you know, I know you have a particular mindset around just life. You want you want that to pass on and you want your kids to take that. You want it to survive. Right. So so the things that are important to me, family, religion, um, character, empathy, giving back, all those things. Those are the things that I want my kids to to, you know, to to keep and pass on and build on. I don't want it to just stay there. I want them to build on it. I want them to get better at it, you know? Yeah. So, so that would be, you know, my, my, you know, from a, from a goal standpoint. And, and that, uh, that's not associated with no level of success or money or, or any of that. Cause you know, like, I mean, like it's just no guarantees around that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if that's what you, think then you know you prepared to be disappointed <laughs> yeah no that's 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 rich man that's rich like you know basically the content of their character you're just hoping that they can build on you know these values and, and take it to the next level whatever that may look like or just continue to embody those values um and, and when i think about what you said about the young people in the gym you know that that you're coming across and impacting through the work it reminds me of what you said about you as a young person like a lot of those young people probably don't have dads in their lives and i imagine that they're looking to you they're looking to the coaches that you you know have a part of your program and they're probably taking little bits and pieces like yo i like that about him i like that about her i like that about them you know and it's like it's, 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 it's duplicating that all over again, you know, exponentially because you're you're able to bring, you know, who you are into these spaces around hundreds of kids and impact them, not just your own family. Right. You know, your, your presence is impacting a larger family culture. And I think that's really powerful, man. So, you know, no doubt, no doubt. And I want to I want our listeners, you know, who are inspired by your story and inspired by the work you're doing um to support if they want to you know city athletics and the work you're doing um so tell tell the listeners how they can follow city athletics how they can give to city athletics yeah anything you want them to know so uh cityathleticsphilly.com mm -hmm. on instagram is city athletics philly on facebook is city athletics philly um if you go to cityathleticsphilly.com you can donate to our nonprofit, which is City Athletics Community Partners. All of our programming is low to no cost. So we impacting kids for, for minimal. We don't turn kids away that they can't pay. Um, and, you know, we, we try to compensate uh, the coaches fairly. Um, so, so all that takes money. Um, you know, we definitely uh, do our best to raise money through um you know different opportunities sponsorship is goes a long way in our program so anybody that wants to donate you go to city athletics philly 
um, donate. Uh, it's just a donate now button on the website. Um, okay. It goes it goes to our nonprofit and it goes directly towards the program. Right now, I think we run in. Uh, we ran girls volleyball. We run wrestling, which is just a whole nother thing to have black coaches. Uh, teaching black kids wrestling is is almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, it's 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 important for us that representation with these kids matter. Right. So when people teach you something, you feel like you belong there. People that you have a common background with that look like you, that you know, it 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 gives you a sense of belonging. That if you talk to any athlete that never had a coach that looked like them, yep. you know, they'll they'll definitely um, tell you all about it. So um, so um, so donate, you know, whatever you can. We we appreciate it. Um, and it, it really go, it goes a long way. It goes back to the kids It allow us to keep the programming, um, as low as possible. We try to give the kids everything they need. So, um, you know, so that, so that they can participate. We don't want the cost to be a barrier. There we go. I love it, man. And, and also if anyone, you know, works for a company, anyone owns a company, that's interested in sponsorship or open to sponsorship opportunities, please consider City Athletics as well. And uh, as as Kurt mentioned, I'm a part of uh, City Athletics at a very, you know, uh, silent minority partner, but very early on, I was able to contribute, you know, some ideas, some thoughts to kind of help to help it get off the ground and continue to be, you know, a voice and a, a, a ear, you know, uh, for Kurt as he's brainstorming and thinking through different things. And it's a it's a it's a program and a, a project that's close to my heart as well. Um, so, yes. wait before. I, so, all right, real quick though, I, I have to give a shout out to my wife, Janae. No doubt, I have to. She she a beast, man. She she holds it down. Without her, um, I wouldn't be able to create the kind of environment for my kids, for my family, for the people around me. She's, she's invaluable, um, and I'm mad that it took this long. <laughs> but but nah, man, she um she's great, man, and she's the person that helps me win. No doubt. And so I just want to thank her and make sure I acknowledge her and her contribution to the family, to the business, yeah, um, and, you know, just make sure that's, that's noted. No doubt. That's, that's so important. That's so important because I can, I can testify that, <laughs> you know, as much as of impact that you've made, you know, for your family culture, she's right there. And as much impact as you've made in the community, man, she's right there. Like she's right there, you know, boots on the ground, you know, sleeves rolled up, whatever, you know, analogy we want to use, you know, uh, she she's like, right there. She like Kobe, man. She the closer, man. There you go. If you Shaq, she's <laughs> Kobe. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, man, that's that's a great way to close it out. And um, again, man, I appreciate you, man. Much love. Always, family. No and doubt, uh, for our listeners, once again, thank you. If you're watching this or if you're listening to this, thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to follow uh, and support the Girl Dialogue podcast. And until next time, I love y'all. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Dialogue podcast. 
Remember to join our Grow Dialogue community to continue the conversation, activate authentic dialogue, and to get exclusive content, discounts, and special offers on curated artwork and music from independent artists from the Americas. Check out our show notes for more info and visit www.growdialogue.com to join our live events. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. We really appreciate your support.